Welcome to the SDA Housing Podcast, brought to you by NDIS Property Australia. Before starting this episode, we need to provide a general disclaimer. Information contained in this podcast is general in nature only. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. You need to consider your financial situation and needs before making any decisions based on the information in this podcast. And you should consider seeking independent and professional advice for your personal circumstances. All right, let's begin. Hello, everybody. My name is Min, and I'm your co-host with Debbie from the office here at NDS Property Australia. And you're listening to the SDA Housing Podcast, a show that explains, highlights, guides, and brings awareness about all things SDA in this ever-changing NDS world. Debbie, how are you? Hello, Min. I'm well, thank you. Today is a topic, a very quick topic about cash buffers. Buffer for funds for your acquisition purchase of a SDA property. And uh, we thought it'd be important to explain to our investors because uh, I think Debbie had a call the other day with a uh, a pre-approved investor, so to speak, with a million dollars and he'd be doing so much homework and he knows pretty much everything until you ask the question, what about this, what about that, what about that? So tell me, Debbie, more about this conversation you had with the client, Debbie. Yeah, look, he had gone through all of the information he thought he needed to know was very well educated on how SDA worked, uh, the costs of the property, his potential returns, all of that. But when I said to him, look, you know, you'll need so much for your deposit, plus, 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 talking about the buffer, the additional amounts that would be required over and above the house and land contract price, the turnkey price, before actually getting tenants in place and making a return. And it's not something he'd actually considered. I mean, yes, you're you're going to be looking at things like your loan repayments, holding costs, I guess. If you're a a savvy investor, you would already know that. But when you're looking at an SDA property, there's a lot more in terms of upfront and running costs that you're going to be liable for. You are going to be able to make an income from this. And for those people who think 10% deposit is enough, no, it's not enough. I mean, 20% is absolute minimum, but 30% is probably Better. what is where you, you're going. And Debbie, let's just go through some examples of what makes the numbers yeah. totally up to, total up to 30, 35%. Yeah, please, okay. Tell me. So, okay, if, if you come to this thinking that 10% is going to be enough because you can borrow 90%, yes, that's literally only for the loan. But you're going to be looking at, firstly, your finance costs. So what is it going to cost you? to go to a lender and get pre-approval, get the valuations. We're looking at anywhere from six dollars to $9,000 there. Then you are looking at the stamp duty on the land, and that can range from 3000 up to maybe 15000 or more, depending on the price of the land and which state it's in. Then you are looking at the um, repayments for the construction loan during construction, which could be around about let's say 16, 18, 20,000. Then there's going to be other things up front, future-proofing costs, who knows what that could be depending on what you want to put in, but specifics such as fire sprinklers, adjustable benches, build design upgrades. So you've, you've bought a house of land package off the plan, it's a good design, but you've decided that you want to add extras to make it a really future-proof property. So, and we always recommend doing what you can possibly afford to make it the best property you can get out there. 
So that could be, you know, it could be another five, ten thousand, it could be another fifty, seventy thousand you spend. And then there's going to be things like a furniture package you may need to purchase. There might be the valuation shortfalls once you've got the property completed because and and also, sorry, buffer for a vacancy period when the property is completed because we know you're not going to get a participant in the first day you settle. Firstly, the property has to be certified. It has to be enrolled with the NDIA. There's time for the participant to move in minimum three months before you'll actually start getting an income, if not four, five, six. So we say estimate having six months of mortgage repayments once your property has been settled. And the probably the last fee that a lot of people may have some idea about but don't know how much it could be is the provider fees, engagement provider fee and procurement of the participants. And that can be anywhere from 13 to maybe 25,000. So that's a rough overview of what all the different costs are you could be looking at in addition to your bank deposit. Yeah. I want to go through these numbers one by one. Yeah. Okay. Let's use an example, Debbie. A $9,000 purchase. Okay. So there's a 20% deposit as an average, which means there's 80% lend. 80% on nine grand is $720,000 loan. So that's how our numbers will work. Okay. So LMI, let's do the numbers here. LMI at 80% is 1.5%. So 1.5% of 720000 is about $10,000, 10K for the LMI. Yes, and that's something I didn't mention in my list. Stamp duty. So if it was Victoria, it would be 15 grand stamp duty. Otherwise, other states probably around about, no, about six or seven. No, it's about three in SA and it's probably a minimum of nine or 10 in the others. So let's assume 7K Sam Judy for land, okay? Let's assume that number. Finance and purchase costs. Oh, that's about 10K, Debbie. Up to 10K, yeah. Rent 10K there. Yeah. I guess if you include your legal fees. Yep, legal fees and stamped, or legal fees and... Finance costs. Valuation fees. Yeah. Valuation about five grand there. Valuation shortfall. Let's assume it's a shortfall of 5%, please. 5% of 90 grand is about 45. Let's call it 30 grand round number. 30K valuation shortfall. Provider fees engagement, 5K there, and procurement of two participants, call it about 15 grand there. Okay. So all up, $20,000 all up there. Furniture package, assume 20K there as a maybe. Fire sprinkler, uh, that's probably another 40K. That's assuming the property doesn't already come with fire sprinklers. Yes. Yes. So that, I'll, put a, I'll put a cross there. Let's put that out there for a second. Vacancy, actually, no. There's the mortgage payments during construction. Mortgage payments during. So let's say the loan is 700 grand. Interest cost is 7%. 7% on 720 grand is 49. So a whole year of interest, 49, 50K. Assuming 12 month build. Okay, 12 month build, 7% on 700 grand is 49. Well, you're only paying the loan costs on the drawdown payments. So it won't be on the full amount. It will increase over the month. So, so, so it's under 50K then. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's say call it 40k there, okay? 40k. There you go. So all up, and, and then also vacancy after construction completion. That's right. So call it um, again. 30. So seven percent interest costs. P, P uh, is 49 a year. P and I for the year is going to be working out to be call it about five thousand a month probably on the average loan. Interest only is five grand alone at P and I. So call it seven grand. Six. Call it six grand round number, okay? Six grand mortgage payments. Is a minimum here at six months. Thirty six. Thirty six thousand dollars. 
So let me just do the numbers here. My other phone as a calculation. Okay, thirty-six grand for the um, vacancy mortgage payments after completion. Forty grand payments during construction. Furniture package twenty k after completion. Provider fees and procurement fees twenty grand after completion. Evaluation shortfall is thirty grand there. Finance costs that's part that's we'll have that ready anyway. That's part of the loan facility ten grand there. Stamp duty seven grand there and LMI ten grand there. So are ready for the the, the bad news, Debbie? Mm-hmm. Having seventy three thousand dollars. Wow. I mean, this is probably worst case scenario. No, no, this is realistic. I mean, yeah, realistic, but you're hopefully not going to be spending 12 months in the building. Oh, you might in some cases. Hopefully you won't have six months vacancy. But you've got, you've got a plan for it though, Debbie. But you've got a plan for it, absolutely. So let, let's say we're wrong on the valuation here. It's, it's on the dollar, take 30K off the 173, 143. You've got to assume 12 month build time frame. You can't assume earlier than that. The LMI doesn't change, the stamp duty doesn't change, the finance cost doesn't change. Let's say there's no furniture package. Okay, fine, take that out. 143 minus 20 is 123. There you go. So the best case scenario here, the the realistic scenario here is 123,000, but I'd say 173,000 here on top of your deposit. Which is, to be safe. Yeah, your deposit was 180. Yeah, 20% on 900 grand is 180. 180K plus your 123. Best case scenario, but realistically, 173 is probably the real number. So all up, it's 300 grand or 350,000. There's your answer. So your buffer, your cash buffer for LMI, stamp duty, finance costs, value shortfall, legal fee. Oh, legal fees are next. Let's look at that. that. Provider engagement fees, provider procurement fees. I didn't include upgrade costs and variations to add more furniture and more stuff into the house. I didn't add that at all. Uh, I didn't even add fire sprinklers, not at all. Add furniture package there, 40 grand repayments for the year, which is only 36 grand repayments after construction completion. That is $173,000 of cash you must have to go with your 20% deposit, which is 180 grand. So if you went 10% deposit, you need to pay more LMI, okay? A significantly more, another 2%. Yeah, so yeah, you're coming into this and saying, look, I want to spend eight, I want to buy something that's worth 800000 I have 10%, $80,000. No, sorry. There's absolutely no way you can even consider doing this. You really have to understand all these extra costs, what you're going to be put out on what you would on a normal property, which is things like your repayment costs, holding costs. Oh, we haven't included things like rates. There's another. Insurance. Rates and insurance. So, you know, there's all these little costs that you would be incurring anyway on a regular property investment if you're building house and land. And there are some other significant costs that come along with it being an SDA property. So here we go. As soon as your house is built, or just just as it's being built, uh, insurance on the house. Yeah. Six grand right there. Yeah. Add that to the 143, you're at 180 grand now. $180,000 cash plus your 20% deposit. Okay. So- Remember, if you're buying an 80 grand or 90 grand or million dollar house for SDA, it's still going to be roughly this amount, 180 grand more. So as we've said so many times before, buy good quality product, good quality areas, up-spec it, make it feel good and make it a good product. Be aware of these extra costs, right? Do your upgrade. So you're, you're literally your 90 grand purchase, which you're going to purchase 950 grand, 450 grand, for example. All the upgrades and variations, extra courtyard, all that's another 100 grand right there, Okay. Do the upgrades and spend more and be ready for these extra costs here. So all up, you're you're buying a 1.1, 1.2 million dollar house here, not 950 grand. 
when you add in all these extra costs that we've recommended, you be aware of, plus the extra changes to the house. You've got to spend $1 million plus. The, the range now for an ideal good product in SDA around Australia is $1 to $1.3 million. That's where the range is. Not at eight fifty or seven fifty or six ninety. No. Because if you're buying in those areas, you're looking, you're looking at a regional stock out there, okay, or a very small house. And we're, we're coming across so many people coming to us, asking us to help them fill up their houses with our network of providers or sell their house. Because they can't get it tenanted. They can't get it tenanted. So, yeah, as we say all the time, you need to build the best property you can afford. And if you can't afford to build a property at that level, then maybe you can't do this. This, of course, doesn't apply to apartments. I mean, obviously, there are still additional costs, but you don't have the construction loans. You don't have all of that during that period of time. But you're still going to have furniture packages, provider fees, some level of upgrades and future-proofing. You're still going to have your loan costs and your finance costs and your legal costs. So even if you're looking at buying an apartment with 10%, you still need another 10, if not more. I want to make a controversial statement here, and that is all you people out there who think houses are the way to go, you could be very, very wrong, okay? And why I'm saying this is because don't bring this whole mindset of, oh, you know, I heard, I, I always knew that, I always thought that land is the value of a property and that's why you should invest in land because that's where the growth is and blah, blah, blah. But I've heard that for 30, 40 years. Well, sorry, I'm not that old, sorry. I've heard that for many, many years now and that couldn't be further than the truth. When you're talking about SDA specifically. Okay. Well, if, 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 you love, if you love land so much, go buy a block of land in Ballarat or Bendigo and hold it there and see what happens to it. Oh, oh, sorry. I'm, no, why is that? You have to income. Oh, income now. Okay, so exactly our point. This is an income play, not a capital growth play. Yep. Okay. Do you think participants really love living in group homes? Just think about it for a second there, please. For a second. Have you ever spoken to a participant before? Have you, Mr. Investor, ever met a disabled person who, who has said to you, I want to live in a house with seven, six or seven people? You think they actually say that? Hell no. The future of SDA are apartments. This is not coming from us, by the way. This is coming from providers, from other organisations in the space. Everyone seems to be coming to the same conclusion. And, and you know, if you don't believe us, go and download the Housing Hub SDA Supply 2023, released in November. There's more than 55% or 54, 53, 55% of stock being built around Australia are, guess what? Surely these people, these developers, these analysts, these investors, these providers, these participants, surely they know more than us, Debbie. Surely, Debbie. They wouldn't be spending all these hundreds of millions of billions of developments, right, if participants did not want to live in apartments. Am, yeah. I, am I right, Debbie? Absolutely. I mean, I speak for myself. I live in apartments for the last 15 years. I love apartments. I would never live in a house. That's me. Not saying that all participants want to live in apartments, but there is a significant number who would love to live in a good inner metro area where you've got the facilities at your doorstep, transport, shopping centres, who wouldn't? And I'm coming back to this very point, this whole topic of cash buffers, right? If you can't afford this house for a million to 1.2 million and you can't, if they have 180 grand on the side as a buffer, well, don't buy the house. Buy instead, Debbie, what should you buy? Oh, an apartment, Min. An apartment. 
which only requires 10 to 20% deposit and no upgrades and no holding costs and no hardly hidden costs. Think about the participant. Maybe they want to live in an apartment. Okay. So we're no, I know we're going off track here. It goes back to one thing, cash buffers. There are no concerns about cash buffers for apartments. Maybe shortfall valuation and, and the stamp duty. That, yeah, and the it. provider fees. Yes, that's it. But there's just so many other fees. In a house and land purchase. Yeah. So be very careful, okay? And um, you know what What I'm finding, is, uh, Debbie, a lot of providers, they have no idea about, okay, let me, let me rephrase this. There's there's a, in Sydney, as an example, I had, I, had a, I had a client of mine, Tony, he's probably listened to this podcast too, by the way. He rang 15 providers in Sydney to ask guidance and help and clarity on the demand of apartments in a certain area in Sydney. And they all said no to him. No, we don't do apartments. We don't believe in apartments. No, no, no. We, we can't service apartments. All the excuses in the sun, right? Because they're not set up to operate in that model, Debbie. They want group homes so they can function three, four, five in a house and maximize the return and their income and the business income. And lastly, they're too lazy to find participants, okay? If you think an SCA provider is the be-all and end-all, the golden goose, bum bum, ladies and gentlemen, the SCA provider are not the golden goose. You know the golden goose is, Debbie? The golden goose that lays the eggs? No, no. The participants are the eggs, right? The golden goose. I'm, I'm doing an analogy here. The source, the, the golden goose that lays the eggs. The eggs are the participants who go into the houses. Who's the golden goose here? The hospital. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yes. Care hospitals. Yes. YPRAC. Yep. So, yeah, YPRAC is the scheme, young people in residential aged care. And that's been running for a few years now to get these people out of aged care into SDA homes, getting people out of hospitals who are taking up a hospital bed because they've got nowhere else to go into SDA homes. There's a lot of them out there. So, if you thought the SDA provider was the be all and end all, no, you're totally wrong. Okay. The SA provider feeds you the participant to your house, yes. But guess who feeds the participant? Uh, the, uh, the SA provider, the SIL provider. But guess who feeds the SIL provider? The support coordinator. Guess who feeds the support coordinator? The hospitals. And the aged care. Yes. So there's like five or six layers of organisation between you, the investor, landlord, and the participants. And even still, in that, to go back to that, 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 that roadmap there, investor, so SA provider, SIL provider, Plan, maybe a plan, support coordinator. OT. Before the hospital, inside the hospital itself is the OT, the nursing, the NDS coordinator, and the hospital itself. So there is eight, nine, ten people right there relevant to the discharge of that participant from hospital. Not the SDA provider. No siree. Not at all. Okay? So how is this relevant to apartments? Oh, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> the relevance is... You know, a lot of people are anti-apartments because they don't understand the model. Or they've been given the wrong information. Or they've been brainwashed. We've all been brainwashed to think that houses are the be-all and end-all and, and are the only solution. Of property investment. For SDA. But guess what? There are no SDA houses in Sydney in our metro. There are no houses in, 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 in Melbourne in a metro. There isn't. Why? Because it costs one, two, three, four, five million bucks for a block of land. How do you build a house with a land that costs two million bucks? You can't. So what's the solution, Debbie? Apartments. Apartments. Oh, there we go again. The A word. Anyway, I'm going off topic. Go f- full circle. Uh, back to the topic. Cash buffers. It's much more easier to 
to go to a transaction for an apartment because there's no requirement other than 10% deposit for purchase while you wait for the delivery of that probably over the next year or two years. Whereas houses require a lot of cash buffer up front now, today, right? 20% deposit and other costs now, today. Whereas an apartment is only 10%. And that's it, okay? Yeah. It all comes down to your, your serviceability of your mortgage, your outlay of costs and what you can afford and, and whatnot, okay? And if you can't afford an apartment, what can you afford? What can you, what's next on the, on the list? Villa. A villa. There's, there's six fifty to seven fifty thousand each, yeah. Mm. Anyway, Debbie, I think we've wrapped up the whole cash buffer topic. We went off track a little bit, but uh, anything more to add regarding this this topic here of buffers? No, I think that pretty much covers it. Just yet, yeah, house to land packages are going to be very, very expensive at the end of the day with what you really need to get it across the line and to the point where it's ready for tenancy. An apartment is far more financially doable for a lot more people. Uh, just be aware, though, that that final price on the package is nowhere near what you need to actually purchase it. And um, I want to I want to make another smartest comment here. It's re- it's uh, I apologise for being rude here, but um, I'm very I'm working very closely with two providers, very unique boutique providers, bespoke providers, and we know the uh, the tidal wave of stock coming to completion at the end of 24 country. Mm-hmm. This is stock that was started selling or being construction started a year and a half ago that are coming to completion, right? If you look at the housing hub supply, mm-hmm. end of 24 is a big, massive bar showing the completion of stock and placement of participants. And the end of 25 is another big, tall bar. Just look at the document, guys, okay? Myself, my team here, and these two providers are going to be out there poaching, poaching participants in the further regions of the suburbs in Sydney and bringing them into the apartment market, Okay. Because we understand apartment modelling, apartment funding, and we understand the risks of privacy, safety of participants in group homes, right? All you SIL providers out there who are hiding participants in your SIL legacy houses, right? Guess what? We're going to start poaching them from you. Because these participants deserve a better life than being held against their will, entrapped in an old group home who have no say in the ability of their future lifestyle, how they live their lives in a modern-day world, in a brand-new property like an apartment or a brand-new house, okay? So we'll be hunting and poaching them from those unprofessional sills who don't know, who don't give their clients. The key words are? Choice and control. Choice and control. I love CCs, don't you? <laughs> they come in all shapes and forms. And in, in our world, CC means choice and control, my friend. So we're going to do our best to give, bring awareness to the public, the public being investors, and providers and participants and their families that, hey, you have choice and control to live how you live, how you live your life. And unfortunately, uh, and I'll go off topic here, I'm sorry, but families also withhold their their family members, their children from exercising choice and control, you know, because why? Mummy knows best all, all the time, right? Every mother thinks they know best for their, their disabled child, number one. Lo and behold, their disabled child want to get away from mum and dad, okay, live their own life. No, I hate them. They just want to live their own life. I mean, I want to move out of home at 21 years old myself. I didn't want to live with my mum and dad forever. And I'm sure everyone else feels the same way. They also feel the same way, participants, okay? And uh, that's just life, I guess. But um, so when you think about your investment in SDA, think about the cash buffer required to execute your, con- your, your transaction properly, but also think about participants and their needs, Okay. And the point is, don't always think that house is the way to go because it, it never, it normally 
this doesn't have to be, okay? We get so many calls every day to our office here in Brisbane. My house is empty. Can you help me? Can you help me fill it up? No, we can't. My house is empty. Can you help me sell it? Maybe, okay? There are a lot of investors crying poor and crying foul over how they were tricked or not tricked, but, you know, duped into buying an awesome investment. That was a bad design in a bad area. Yeah, bad design in a bad area, and there's no participants for them, okay? Because at the end of the day, the participants choose where they want to live, and this is something you've also got to remember. So spend the $1.2 million, make sure you've got your buffer for a house of land in the locations that they do want to live, or get an apartment. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Debbie, I think that's, uh, that's our session for today. Then. Yep. I think that wraps it up. Cool. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure you are subscribed and following us so you can keep in the loop with all of our upcoming episodes. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating, a written review, and to share this podcast with those that could benefit. Until next time, catch you on the next episode. 